Welcome to our broadcast here online, Dorchester Community Church, Sunday the 11th of October, thinking about preparing the way ahead. More on that a little bit later, taken from Mark's Gospel. Here's a 10-9-8 countdown. Hope that you enjoy it, and please, with any comments, do get in touch. Bye.
Okay, Sarah, you mentioned about Operation Christmas uh, Child in our newsletter. Uh, bring that message to life. What people have got to do, what they need, etc., etc. Okay, so here you see lots of stuff collected, uh, ready for making up shoeboxes this year. Wow. Um, we've got all kinds of stuff, and I'll show you what's in my shoebox here that I've got. What you do need to do is obviously have your shoebox, wrap it round in Christmas wrapping paper, or you can get one of these uh, ready-made boxes off of me if you haven't got a shoebox, you haven't bought any shoes this year. So you need to decide what age and gender you're going to fill for. Um, I've done one here which is a 10 to 14 year old boy. And you need to put in all kinds of things that are going to be good for school, they're going to be good for hygiene and just fun stuff that you might do. So I've got a water bottle, a hat, got a face cloth and some soap, got some gloves, I've got a bag here, got a sporty cricket ball. Yeah, don't forget the cricket ball. <laughs> and um, a little slap band to go around your wrist, a reflective slap band. There's oh, all fantastic. kinds of stuff that you might think a kid of that age and gender would like. Imagine how much you can squeeze in the one little small box. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah. You've got to find, thing, find things that fit. Pop it all in your box. Get your rubber band around it, and it's ready to go off to a child. And I'll have to repack that later. Um, the locations where you can collect it around here, the nearest one is Portland. So if you do have trouble getting to Portland, um, you're welcome to leave your boxes with me. Just get in touch and I'll arrange that. Um, I've also got some leaflets that tell you how it's done. And like I said, I've got the, the pre-packed, pre-made boxes. And for um, people that don't know, you live quite close to the Corn Exchange, don't you? So yeah. that's a, a good sort yeah. of uh, landmark. Okay. And what else have we got over here then, Sarah? Oh, we've got all sorts. Um, we've got... Cuddly toys, I feel like Bruce Forsyth. Um, <laughs> things for your bike, bags, sports stuff, hygiene stuff, any school stuff for kids who are struggling with getting to school and being able to afford the, the bits and pieces. Hair accessories, pencils. And if people are unsure about what, what to put in and what not to put in, how do they know? So either on the leaflet or the Operation Christmas Child website, uh, which you can just find on your search engine. Make sure you get the UK site though. Um, this runs until the 9th to 16th of November. That's the collection week. So you've got a month or so to get your stuff together. And Fantastic. And with us not being able to do a great deal, this gives us an opportunity to make a real difference though, isn't it? Yeah. And the last couple of years, where have all our, our boxes gone? So last year they went to Serbia. Wow. The year before to Bosnia. Wow, I'm not even going to guess where that is, but it sounds good. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Sarah. No worries. The children are completely overjoyed. It's a real celebration. So many smiles on their faces. Smiles are all over. Yeah, this kid's behind me so excited because they've just received their boxes. Kids are so excited. Giving them a gift, do it in Jesus' name. That's what this is all about. Operation Christmas Child is about expressing the love of God. It's its wonderful way to enter into the Christmas spirit in its true meaning. Well, later today, we have our Ministry of Puppets. So that's something fun to look forward to. I'm also incredibly delighted that we have uh, today actually in the building Professor 
uh, Terence from Pangry Theological Seminary. Uh, so thank you ever so much, uh, Professor, for taking time out of your hectic schedule to come and join us here, actually in the building. Really do appreciate that. You're more than welcome. More from the Professor uh, a little bit later on. Now, of course, today is likely to be the last one of these, the last one of these broadcasts, because from next week, we're seeking to come back to church on a Sunday. And numbers, as I'm sure you'll appreciate, because of COVID, will be restricted to 35 in terms of how you might get a seat. Details will quite shortly be available on our website. And the booking of a seat will be similar to how you might want to book up online for the theatre or indeed for the cinema. So that's going to be a great opportunity where at least a small number can begin to gather together. But don't worry if, you don't, if you're not able to get a seat because we will still be recording what is occurring on that Sunday. Next uh, Sunday on the 18th of October from 10.30. So you will be able to get a real feel of what's occurring at church when that then goes online. We're also a little bit down the line hoping to live stream that as well. So again, there's that opportunity to capture the whole sense of Dorchester Community Church as it happens. Trust that you'll bear with us as we maybe put a few things into place that may well not all go exactly according to plan, but it's an exciting uh, to maybe think of new beginnings. And it's on the subject of new beginnings that today is quite poignant as we look to the beginning of Mark's Gospel. John Mark, the guy who wrote the Gospel of Mark, is so impacted by the life of Jesus that he wanted to write his own account, as if he was like the writer uh, of the day. Probably written in Rome, around about AD 60. And what's significant about that is that the people that would have been alive then, most of those people, would have been alive at the time that these events of Jesus were recorded, and they would have heard and remembered, and words would have been passed around of what Jesus had actually said. They could have verified or denied whether or not these words and events were true. So the fact that they're undisputed is incredibly powerful and poignant. Now Mark probably draws on the preaching of Peter and then acts as a kind of editor. How does he start his gospel? Well, if you turn to Mark chapter 1, if you've got a Bible handy, Pat is going to read those first verses for us right now. This week's reading is from Mark's gospel, chapter 1. Reading verses 1 to 8. The beginning of the good news about Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet. I will send my messenger ahead of you, who will prepare your way, a voice of one calling in the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him. Confessing their sins, they were baptised by him in the Jordan River. John wore clothing made of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. 
and this was his message. After me comes one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. This is a to, a two Ronnie's clip. The, the laughter. Ronnie Barker coming in. He's got an axe uh, stuck in his head as he goes in to visit the doctor. Listen to the doctor. Good morning. Morning. <laughs> well, what's the issue with the problem? <laughs> and he's there with an axe in his head. So, kicking off then with Mark citing in chapter one, right at the beginning. The, the phrase, the beginning, which no doubt alludes to Genesis chapter 1, as well as being the start of what Jesus will do, the beginning of what he's going to do. When it comes to beginnings, then Jesus is always there to be found. And that's true equally of the creation account itself. You can read at the beginning of John's Gospel, for example, for that. But it's also true, of course, in terms of the message that he comes to bring. When we've got the phrase in those verses that Pat read that talks about the gospel, what does that mean? Well, it means good news. And the news back then, and for us, and indeed for the entire world, is that God has provided salvation through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Now, our role is, of course, to make this known. And that is exactly the role and the thought that Mark had in mind when he came to write his book here. And beginnings and good news is quite topical for us right now. We've been thinking about being able to reopen our building for the first time since COVID. And from next Sunday, we will do that. That's going to be good news for many people, even though obviously we're currently restricted regarding numbers. It's felt a long wait, hasn't it? But let's give ourselves a reality check, just for a few moments. It's been six months, and there's been nothing that we could have done about it. But how long did God's people have to wait? Well, for centuries, his people have been talking of a saviour, the one who would come in God's name, sent by God himself for the redemption, for the forgiveness of all those who would choose to come to him, to believe in him. But then, the prophets fell Silent. And between the ending of the Old Testament and the beginning of the New Testament, we've actually got a gap of 400 years. And that is a long time. Seemingly, with nothing going on. You can be tempted to think, can't you, that there is nothing going on, I know. But God is never inactive. In our current situation, there's been so much more activity that's been going on behind the scenes even if we've not been aware. Invisible to the majority, maybe, but certainly not inactivity. 
And then Jesus comes. And Mark is one of the eyewitnesses who puts the word around as to what this means for his hearers. Indeed, for the whole world, as I mentioned earlier. And that extends to ourselves in the here and now. There's the beginning of something. There's good news. Let's get excited, but let's not get over-excited. So, why then are we looking at Mark's Gospel? Well, his book centres on the basics, about what matters most. And that, of course, is all about Jesus. About what he did, about what he said. And just as important to that, what we should then do about it. We're going to sing about this Jesus right now. That's a part of our worship of God, declaring the wonders as to who Jesus is. And then I'm going to hand over to Professor Terence, who I'm thrilled to say is going to be unpacking a little bit more of the significance of the words that Mark quotes about way back.
That was Clara and Charlene with vocals to King of Kings. That's a beautiful uh, uh, song, I have to say. Uh, uh, look, look, David, uh, where Mark chooses uh, to begin his description of, of the good news about Jesus Christ, uh, we read, as it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, uh, uh, who will prepare your way, the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare the way of the Lord, uh, make his path straight. The first thing we learn from Mark uh, about this good news is that it is good news according to, to God's plan. Uh, we, we, what, what, what we find here uh, actually is a quote from both uh, the prophet uh, Malachi uh, and the prophet Isaiah. It, it was common. Uh, for the Jewish rabbis to combine similar or comparable uh, prophetic quotes. Uh, and typically, uh, when this was done, the prophet considered uh, more uh, significant, uh, in this case, uh, the Isaiah, uh, would usually be only one uh, mention. Uh, so, uh, so, sorry about that, Malachi. Uh, 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 but uh, what, what we learn from the prophet's words uh, and how God uses the prophet's words here, uh, is what was foretold hundreds of years before. I, I, Isaiah uh, spoke uh, to, the, to the people of Judah 700 years uh, before the time of Jesus. Uh, can you imagine if, if, someone, if something was predicted and, and planned back in, in, say, the year 1320 uh, and was perfectly carried out through to its fulfillment? And today, in 2020, that would have been uh, truly remarkable, truly amazing. Uh, and this is what happened through the prophets. Uh, Mark wants us to see that this good news is according to God's plan, not man's. I have to say that that is really remarkable when you put it like that, uh, Professor. But what about terms like the, the Messiah bit and, and Christ? I mean, those are quite sort of religious terms that might not really mean a great deal to people today. I mean, tell us, well, what, what, what's all that kind of stuff mean? I thought you'd never ask. Uh, well, well, to starters, when we hear the term uh, Jesus Christ, uh, we must not think that this is the surname of, of Jesus, like white or young or ours or pinder. Far from it. Uh, it was a title, a Greek word, uh, that, that, uh, uh, that translated the Hebrew uh, Messiah or Meshiach. Careful uh, uh, how, how you say that or you might cost something up. Uh, the Messiah was the, the, the saviour king who was according to the Israelite prophecies coming to rescue his people. Uh, from their enemies and to re-establish God's reign as king. Uh, so, uh, so uh, we, as we read in, in Mark, we see that this was not an obscure uh, word from a forgotten prophet that failed uh, to ever materialise. This was good news that God was making a, a, a reality according to his perfect will. Uh, so much of our, our good news uh, today is, uh, is old news the next day. Uh, uh, COVID is, is a prime example, uh, of course, I'm conscious of even uh, replicating Boris. But good news that restrictions are lifted, and then bad news that when all that has to change again, uh, which reminds me, uh, excuse me. Uh, where are you going, Professor? 
and then on Tuesday this week, it's a happy birthday to young Francis King. So happy birthday to you, Francis. There we go. That is indeed our birthdays and our celebrations. Now, Whilst we're on the subject of Francis being one of the kids here, part of Community Kids, Sarah has got something to share with all the children right now. So without further ado, you've already seen Sarah regarding the shoebox appeal, but now she's got something else for you kids. Take a look. Jesus. And Mark is really focused when he writes all about what Jesus did, who he is, and helping us to learn more about him. But actually, the first character that we meet in the book of Mark is not Jesus. It's a man called John. And John's job from God was to help the people to get ready for Jesus to arrive. He was going to introduce him and make sure that all the people were ready to hear what Jesus had to say. So I thought I'd do a little bit of a guessing game for you about getting ready. What do you think I'm getting ready to do if I've got these? Can you see what they are? It's an egg carton. Well, I could be getting to get ready to do quite a lot of things with these, couldn't I? Thankfully, I'm not going to throw them at you. I might be getting ready to make an omelette. Mm, nice. We'll have a boiled egg for breakfast. Sarah holding a box of eggs. What about if I'm getting ready with this? Can you see what it is? She's holding a passport. Yeah. I would be getting ready to go somewhere, wouldn't I, with a passport. This helps me to get in and out of the country. And I would need that if I was getting ready to go on holiday. I had to put that in my bag. What about... If I was had this and I was getting ready, what might I be going to do with this? Holding an umbrella. I was getting ready using this. I might be getting ready to go for a walk in the rain. And lastly, what do you think I was going to do if I got this when I was getting ready? Looks like a cookery Ooh, book. I might be getting ready to make you. A lovely pie. Mmm, it's no use just going and starting in the cupboards unless I know what to do and how to make it. I've got to get ready. In this Bible passage, John tells the people to get ready to hear from someone who's about to arrive. And we know that that's Jesus, but they didn't know that at the time. John appears and he says there's two ways that they need to get ready for Jesus. He starts to tell them about being clean and getting rid of their sin and turning away from it. And that's called repentance in this passage. It means turning away from the bad stuff in your life and acknowledging that there's stuff that you've done wrong and wanting to turn away from that. And so he says, turn away from that. And lots of the people got baptised to show that they'd done that. And he also says, someone's coming after me. Look out for him. 
He's going to be amazing. He's going to change your lives. He's going to do something wonderful. And that's how we need to get ready for Jesus. Lots of times we hear stories of Jesus, don't we? And when we want to take in the stories of Jesus, we need to put away those bad things, put away the stuff that we know is wrong. Turn away from that and turn towards looking towards Jesus. And then we're ready to hear the message that Jesus brings us. So I hope that through the next few weeks we'll hear the wonderful messages that Jesus has for us. And I hope you'll be ready to hear them. Some US Marines that are bellowing out praises to God about preparing the way of the Lord. Thanks ever so much for that, Sarah. Fantastic uh, to uh, to see the kids take part, hopefully, and pick it up on what Sarah has been sharing there uh, with you. Well, we've heard some of the background, haven't we, uh, for uh, for what Professor Terence has already uh, said uh, to us uh, today. So thank you very much uh, for that, uh, Professor. My pleasure. Dear. Uh, but now we turn our own attention to what this means for ourselves, based on the message that John the Baptist brought. We've called today preparing the way ahead. And that's very relevant for, very relevant for ourselves uh, as a church right now, with COVID, with our beginning to use the building again, etc., etc. But the context for Mark's gospel is of one coming to prepare the way for this Messiah, the rescuer that the Professor Terence spoke to us about. Hallelujah! A man named John was in the middle of the desert, about 20 miles east of Jerusalem by the Jordan River. And he was proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. In other words, hey, whoever you are, make sure you sort your life out. Known to us as John the Baptist, he was preparing the way. But what does that mean? Does it mean that he was out and about with a, with a rake, clearing the leaves off the road? Or that he maybe organised some form of litter pickup in the community? Or that he was sorting out a B&B for this Jesus guy to come? No, none of those. John's preparations were focused on preparing the hearts of those who heard him. This voice of one crying in the wilderness was announcing a radical call for redirection. John was saying, you're going the wrong direction in your life. You need to turn around. This is what repentance actually is. It's a changing of our mind and also about the direction of our entire lives. It's remorsefully admitting that we're going the wrong way. Of course, we don't like admitting that. We don't like it because we don't like being told how to live our lives, do we? None of us do. We want to be in charge, basically. Human nature and all that stuff. Here, people obviously connected with what John was saying because loads were then streaming forwards to get right with God. The way that John was ministering to the people was through a symbolic act of immersion, or baptism, of washing. And that's actually what baptism is all about. Just as the water cleansed their skin, well, John wanted them to see that this symbolic act uh, of simply, uh, that that symbolic act of redirection signified a washing away of their sins, of their wrongdoing. 
John's baptism was simply to seek to get people ready, to get them turned into the right direction, paving the way for the way of the Lord that was going to shortly be revealed. So let me ask you, are you right with God? Are there things that you feel you need to put right with him? Do you have that sense of an awareness of a fresh touch of his forgiveness? You know, John was calling his hearers to make a commitment. Hence the whole picture that we have before us of baptism, that washing away of all that had gone on before. I'd like to give you the same opportunity of making a commitment to God right now, right where you are. To this Jesus that was shortly to come, to deal with your sin and mine. And that's where the cross comes in. We're going to play a song. But it's also written as a kind of prayer. Sing it as you mean it. As we seek to invite God to take us where we are. To receive us from where we're at. We don't have to get anywhere else first. Just come to him. But before that song is played, I want you to listen to the words of another reading from Psalm 139. It's from a different translation to a Bible that you may well be used to, to reading or have heard it from. But this is read by Jane, and it particularly captures the essence of, of this God knowing us and wanting relationship with us. And then Mark is going to be leading us in prayer, and then we'll continue in worship and have that opportunity to make our own response. Over to Jane. Um, I'm going to start off by reading uh, from Psalm 139 from the message. God, investigate my life. Get all the facts first hand. I am an open book to you. Even from a distance, you know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead and you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. This is too much, too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit? To be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on the morning's wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh yes, you shaped me first inside, then out, you formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God, you're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvellously made. I worship in adoration, what a creation. You know me inside and out, you know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made, bit by bit, 
how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my, my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I even lived one day. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful, God, I'll never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sands of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you. And please, God, do away with wickedness for good. And you murderers, out of here, or the men and women who bel belittle you, God, and facturate with cheap Im God imitations. See how I hate those who hate you, God. See how I loathe all the godless arrogance. I hate it with pure, unadulterated hate. Your enemies are my enemies. Investigate my life, O oh God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong. Then guide me on the road to eternal life. Let us pray. Father God, thank you that uh, you know us full well. Lord, in that psalm you talk about uh, making us, creating us, but you you do that, you create us and you made us, but you also are with us every single day of our life. Lord, we just want to put our trust into you and ask that you would, you would be with us. We want to come before you, God, as well, and acknowledge that you are the only God that can save us and forgive us. Because of Jesus, we have a new, fresh start each day. Thank you that you see us as pure in your eyes. We know that we still get things wrong. We let those around us down, and we let you down, God, as well. But we are confident that you love us and forgive us when we ask. So let us just take a pause now, very briefly, just to ask that fresh grace from God to fall on us again. Father, we pray now for all those who need a touch from you. Bring hope to those who need hope. Bring reconciliation to those who need it. Bring healing to those who are feeling unwell, whether that's physically or whether they're suffering from mental health issues. Lord, we need you each and every day. Help us, Father, to understand how precious we are in your eyes and that you love us. Amen. Here's the hymn, Take My Life and Let It Be. What a great opportunity to worship God, but maybe to sing this as your own prayer.
Myself, he's panic buying. Hope you got that little joke there. Now, if you said or sang that song, that prayer from the bottom of your heart, I want you to know that God is smiling right now. But would you tell us? as well, what it is you're feeling, what it is that's maybe a decision that you've made as an act of the will in your mind. We'd love to hear from you. You can communicate with us direct simply through uh, making contact via our website homepage. We'd love to help you or support you in any way we can, particularly if you've got any particular questions as to what next. Now, before we close, there's one more thing that I think is quite important that we need to discern from today's message. The fact that John wore a coat of, uh, made of, of camel hair and ate a diet of locusts obviously means that we ought to be emulating this ourselves. Don't worry, I'm only uh, kidding. It's the next verse after that that I'm wanting to draw our attention to. In Mark chapter 1 and verse 8, we read these, these words. And he preached, saying, After me comes he who is mightier than I, the strap of whose sandals I am not worthy to stoop down and untie. I have baptized you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The one who was coming was worthy of so much more respect and reverence that John was not even worthy enough to untie his sandals. In ancient culture, the untying of one's sandals referred to the jaw of a slave serving his master. But in the Hebrew culture, even slaves didn't have to stoop to that level. Masters had to actually bend down to untie their own sandals. But here is John against that backdrop saying, you know what, I am not even worthy 
to do that, to, to, to stoop down to untie this guy's laces of the one who is coming. In contrast, John considers himself so much lesser and lesser and lesser than an actual slave. The thing is, what matters to us is that you and I need to be baptised in God's Holy Spirit. But what does that mean? Well, labelling can be unhelpful. Debating can be divisive. What matters is his indwelling. The Bible teaches that we receive God's Holy Spirit upon conversion. Every Christian, therefore, has his Spirit. But not every Christian is filled with his Spirit. That's why the Apostle Paul encouraged the church to be filled with the Spirit. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18, the tense there implies that we are to be seeking to be going on being filled, being filled, being filled, being filled. God sometimes does this directly. Sometimes when we are waiting upon him. Sometimes when others are praying for us. Sometimes when we're in an attitude of worship. Sometimes when there's the laying on of hands as people pray for us. Not that there's going to be a great deal of laying on of hands over the next few months, I'm sure. Here... We don't tend to promote any one individual way. What we do encourage is that each of us, whoever we are, should seek to have more of God's Holy Spirit in our lives. Use this final song as a further prayer for you to crave more of God in your life. More love, more of his power as we worship him together now.
not just close your eyes and open your hands before your God now as you say these words as a prayer, inviting more of his love and his power into your life right now. More love, more power. Great song. But that's the prayer I hope that you've echoed from the bottom of your heart. That's what it's all about, isn't it? That we want more of him in our lives. Well, we've started off at the beginning of Mark's Gospel. We looked at that making way for him to have his way in our own lives. We've looked at the importance of getting stuff in our lives right. And we've also looked at the importance of seeking to be open, to be filled afresh with God's Holy Spirit. I thought I'd end today with a few uh, thank yous. Particularly want to say a huge thank you to those who've been so committed uh, to this ministry over the last uh, six months. To those who've done uh, the filming and the editing, especially that's to Andrea, to Leo, to Charlene, to David, to Bruce, to Sue, to Lee, to Rich behind the scenes on our website and uploading an audio version a week by week of the broadcast to Liz and to John for sending out the CDs for notes and letters to members who are not on the internet uh, they've done this in their own time each and every week for over six months now and we're incredibly grateful I want to say thank you to you've been a part of our community kids team to Sarah, who you've seen today, to Laura and to Claire. They've done a fantastic job, haven't they, with their weekly creativity. To our worship group, who spent hours behind the scenes, piecing together new songs and doing that online very often as well, and then putting uh, some great videos together. Thank you for those of you who have prayed, or for those of you who have read God's Word or for those of you who've been willing to have a camera put in your face to be interviewed about a particular story or something you've wanted to share. Thanks to for our ministry of puppets that we're going to be ending with shortly, always putting a smile on our faces. And a special thank you too for those people who've actually sought to encourage us as a team. We don't normally name names, but I'm going to quite deliberately this week. I want to say a huge thank you on behalf of ourselves as a team to Lisa, Elsie, Robin, Jane, Ian, Thelma, Chris Llewellyn, Dave Ennoy and Roger Collins. What stars you are. You have no idea of the power uh, that, that your encouraging words have meant uh, for each and every one of us. And finally, too, I want to particularly uh, thank uh, the professor uh, today, Professor Terence. I know you've taken uh, time out of your very uh, hectic uh, schedule lecturing uh, online, so we really are uh, most uh, grateful for that. Not at all, David. It's been a pleasure. Uh, it, it, it's not David, actually, is it? Uh, sorry, Martin. Uh, no, you're, you're, you're right, it's, uh, it's not uh, David, but anyway, thank you very much uh, to you, Professor. Uh, I do make sure that you actually look him up uh, online, and why not even buy the Professor's latest book? It's called Another Side of Me. It's a fascinating read, and uh, for a moment I honestly thought that I could uh, see myself through its uh, pages. We mentioned about the puppets that always put a smile on our faces. May they bring you sunshine wherever you are. But first, here's a brief clip of how easy it is to get people's names wrong. Over to Only Fools and Horses.
I thought it was Dave. No, it's Rodney. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. I've looked it up on my birth certificate and passport and everything. It's definitely Rodney. Oh, well, you live and learn. So what's Dave, a nickname, right? No, you're the only one who calls me Dave. Everyone else calls me Rodney. And the reason they call me Rodney is because Rodney is my name. Oh, I shall have to get used to calling you Rodney then. Thank you. Here, Basil, you're going to get this meeting started. Me and Dave ain't got all night. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed Only Fools and Horses as much as I did. Now, although you can't necessarily see the puppets in action, I'm sure you're going to recognise this song. Think back to Morecambe and Wise and put a smile on your face as you remember Bring Me Sunshine. I'm sure you can remember that. Bring me sunshine. This is dancing time now. You're becoming one of the backing vocalists then, like I was. Through the years, never bring me any tears. I dare say you miss Morecambe and Wise like I do as well. Well, I hope you have enjoyed uh, today's broadcast. Uh, really do appreciate uh, you listening to this. As ever, if you uh, have enjoyed it or you feel it's appropriate for somebody else, then please do pass it on. The, these broadcasts are, are, are ending in one sense uh, now in this particular uh, form because we're going to be meeting back at the church from next Sunday, the 18th of October. Obviously, we don't know what's going to be around the corner with new rulings and government guidelines. So do uh, please check out our website or call the church in case you're uncertain. Uh, 
But otherwise, um, we will be still recording uh, live each particular Sunday. So there will be an audio that will go round. Um, but that won't be anything edited or anything that's been in quite the same way. But hopefully, you'll capture the sense of our being together. Capture that sense of uh, live worship and teaching with all the same elements that we have week by week. If you've got any questions or you'd like to make contact with anybody from the church, then you can either uh, make a phone call to 01305 267171 or maybe be signposted uh, through a friend, if not yourself, onto our church website where the latest information uh, will be there for you. So God bless and trust that you will be indeed preparing for that which is ahead. Whatever is coming in our church life, we've been thinking about it a little bit today, but what about preparing for what is ahead in your own life? Could well be a tough time right now. Could well be all sorts of things just around the corner. The beauty is knowing that whatever it is that's coming around the corner is no surprise to our God. So seek to trust him as we now pray together. Father God, thank you for this opportunity for us to think about that subject of of preparing for the way ahead. God, as uh, individuals have been listening to this broadcast today, uh, we have no idea what individual hearers are going through right now, but we come to the God who knows. You know the end from the beginning. When we see uh, your words in the final book of Revelation, we see that risen Lord Jesus saying to his people, I know. Jesus, may there be that sense of every person listening right now, here and now, that they've got that sense that you do know. Help them to trust in you. God, for me as an individual where I'm at right now, would you meet me in my need? For I ask these things. In the amazing name of the risen Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you all.